Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Yeah, like, I don't got the time for no versus talk like that. Almost like it's beneath him, which it probably is. (laughs) Hey, what's up? What's going on? Welcome back to DX Daily, your favorite podcast out here. You know, the podcast where we keep you up to date with everything that goes on in hip-hop music culture. And I am one of your lovely hosts of your favorite podcast, okay? Asia Sky. And I'm your other host of the podcast, A-Dub. Of course, this is brought to you by the good people at Hip Hop DX. You know, we ready for Christmas break over here. And we got a few things to get into today. So Black Youngster is allegedly disrespecting the memory of Young Dolph in his new video. Some of Drakeo the Ruler's friends and family are pointing the finger at who they think is responsible for his death. In better news this holiday season, Diddy has regained ownership of Sean John, and Jay-Z decided to bless the people with an appearance on Twitter Spaces last night. So, couple things to get to. Before we do, though, make sure you follow the podcast, hit that follow button, hit that subscribe button for us, please and thank you. Now, let's jump in. Okay, so let's start off with something uh, that's a really touchy subject. So... Black Youngster faced a lot of criticism online recently um, when he performed his song Shake Something, which of course is a diss towards Young Dolph, who we recently lost. Uh, He performed this song in Dallas on Monday. And after he did this, he of course got a lot of backlash and he decided to hop on Instagram and defend himself for it. Yes. So what it was on Instagram was like, he was like written in his note section or something and then posted that on Instagram. So in the note, he began saying, I'm the type of dude who ain't never sat back and looked for nobody to feel sorry for me. He says, I come here from the heart of South Memphis where you get no sympathy. Don't even know what that is. With that being said, I could give two Fs what the world think about me. It amazes me how just because I'm a multimillionaire gangster that I'm put under this magnifying glass and every little thing I do or say receives negativity rather it to be put out that way or not. He also said, I'm human. I ain't perfect. I go through ish just like everybody else. I'd have lost more of my inner people than any other dude coming out of our city, Memphis. My grandma damn near on her deathbed now, but I don't get on the internet crying about it or looking for the world to feel sorry for me. Okay, fair. But I also think if you are going to, you know, disrespect people that have passed away and people that people love, like, can you really be surprised that people react to that negatively? Like, I feel like it's a two way street. Like, okay, you have the right to say what you want and talk about anybody or make fun of anybody in any way that you want. But if you're going to do that, can you really be mad when people have a reaction to that? Like the same way you can do it, people can have a reaction to that. So you can't do it, then complain about the reaction. 
Exactly. Like that don't make a lick of sense. And then after he said this thing on Instagram, um, he continues to like kind of keep going at Young Dolph because he dropped a music video. And in the video, he's posing next to a tombstone that says Thornton, which, you know, is Young Dolph's last name, Adolph Thornton Jr. Mm, okay. So. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we, we all know you had beef with this man when he was alive. I get it. I'm a black youngster fan. I love his music. I love his energy. You know, he has a very fun energy about him outside of when he gets into the gangster, all of that. But I don't know, man. I just don't I don't see the point of it or I don't see what going on about it is going to bring to the situation. Like, <laughs> you get what I'm saying? I feel like if you hate somebody, them being gone, I feel like that's not enough for you. Like, you you got to keep going on about it. I mean, I get it, man. No no sympathy or whatever. You, you said there's no sympathy in this situation. I guess that goes both ways. People don't have any sympathy for you. You don't have any sympathy for them. I don't know. I can't. Uh, what can you tell people at this point? Take the take Wiz Khalifa's advice. That is my sentiments on this situation. We spoke about what Wiz Khalifa's advice was to all rappers and people in hip hop. We spoke about that on last episode. He was basically just like, yo, just try to mind your business. Stop talking about people's dead homies. Stop talking about people's hoods. Stop trying to use people's significant others to flex on them and just Go about your business and show love. I, I like that approach. That's what I would say black youngsters should do here. Yeah, I think so too. Like this kind of sneak this in, performing this is and, you know, subliminals on music video and content you putting out. Like just put out the put out the music. You don't gotta take digs at young Dolph or whoever anymore. Like it's over. But hopefully this is it for black youngster like doing the Dolph disses here and there. So yeah, man, it's it's one thing if you have no talent. It's one thing if the, your music sucks or you got to rely on gimmicks for people to look at what you're doing. But when you can actually make good music, just put the product out. Be you. You have a great personality. Like, just do that. But, you know, you can't tell uh, gangsters what to do, I guess. So it is what mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. In more news of that sort, Drakeo the Ruler's um, associates and his mom are actually um, speaking out after his death this past week, and they are pointing the finger in a certain direction. Yes, so there was um, a little bit of talk when it happened that he had got stabbed in the neck at the music festival that um, YG's entourage may have been. The police haven't got anybody like um, as a suspect that um, stabbed Dracula the ruler, but one of his associates, K7, um, was speaking to a friend on Instagram Live, and he was putting into more detail of why he thinks YG's entourage were the ones who did it. Yeah, basically in the video, he said that YG was allowed to bring 70 people backstage. Meanwhile, Dracula the ruler's camp could only bring 15 people. Then he basically followed it up with a bunch of insults, him being mad, all of that. Um, Again, I don't know if this associate of uh, Drakeo's was backstage when everything happened. I don't know if he was there firsthand to say who it was or if he even saw who stabbed Drakeo or what happened. But um, I do think if people are going to come out and tell stories, like, you should provide details. Like, if you're going to come out and talk about the situation and uh, not handle it in the streets or not handle it through the police, like, and come tell it on social media – Give the details then, because from what he was saying, he was just like, 
okay, YG brought 70 people back there. Uh, Drakeo, the ruler, brought 15 people back there. Then everything went down. Well, nah, give the, give the details. You're going to come out and call names, say I saw so-and-so stab him. I saw this, this, and that. Like, don't halfway tell it. Either don't tell it or, or go through the proper channels, whether that's the streets, the police, whatever lifestyle aspect you subscribe to. Like, why why is the thing to go on social media and, and make threats. Like, I don't understand that part of it. Like you're, you're halfway telling names, you're halfway making threats. Like I just, I don't get this, this approach. Like I get, I totally get being upset that your person that you're close to is gone. Like, of course, anybody would feel irate in that scenario, but I'm just confused as to the course of action afterwards. Yeah, I agree. Like, like you said, if you're trying to, you know, get out what happened and you're on Instagram live, but you know, people record these Instagram lives. They, you think you telling like your side of the story, but it could be used against you in a way. Like you kind of got to play it smart. Like I think he should have just used this as like a witness and, you know, went to police or whoever to say what happened. But on Instagram live, I think it makes it look a little like anybody could take that, misconstrue it, chop it up, put it out in a different way. You just got to play it smart sometimes. Right. And then it's like you didn't even get into the whole story. So if you're trying to come out and make sure that the public knows this is what happened, that's one thing. But you're not even making sure the public knows what happened because you called a name, but you didn't say what happened. So you kind of it's like people can run with it and say that this person did it. But it's just like we don't know because we don't have the details like it would be one thing if you gave us the details or there's some sort of proof to back this up whatever but if not then it just it's half a story for people to go run with and take any way they want like you said so I just think man if you're gonna be on there making threats then don't come on and tell us the story just go do whatever you're doing like I just I feel like people are trying to mix both things they're trying to mix streets with online and that just doesn't work I feel like that is the that's the fundamental problem in a lot of these situations, trying to mix streets and online. Mm-hmm. I agree. Exactly. But yeah, on to more positivity, man. This is the pre-Christmas episode, so we got to get into some holiday cheer. And I think one of the best gifts this holiday season uh, that Diddy could have gotten was to regain his company. He finally got Sean John back after a little bit of a bidding war. So congrats to Diddy, man. Let's let's positive it up this episode. Let's give it up for Diddy. Mm-hmm. That's major. So of course we know Sean John was established back in the late nineties. Um, I remember. Well, I don't remember, but I know that Sean John used to rake in at least about five hundred million a year at one point. So this was a huge company. I do remember a point where everybody would wear Sean John. I do remember that, even though I was very young at the time, and. Um, It was just like a staple as far as hip hop clothing brands. But, you know, recently Diddy did sell the company um, and Bloomberg owns actually 90 percent of Sean John right now. Well, prior to this deal, Bloomberg owned 90 percent of Sean John and Diddy was attempting to buy it back for three point three million. But he had to up the price a little bit more once other people started bidding on it. Yeah, we talked about this before about. um Diddy trying to buy it back and the whole uh, business aspect of it. But yeah, other people who wanted to buy Sean John, they had until December 15th to bid on it. And then it looks like, of course, Diddy was the winner, but he had to pay 
over twice his original offer for a total of $7.551 million. Okay. Honestly, that's still not too bad if you think of what Diddy can make off of Sean John if he gets it to pop again. Right, exactly. It's, it's probably chump change to him. Like, if this blows up in a different in a different era, like Sean John making a comeback, he could definitely make a whole bunch of money back. Right. And in a statement to Hip Hop DX, Diddy said, I launched Sean John in 1998 with the goal of building a premium brand that shattered tradition and introduced hip hop to high fashion on a global scale. He said, seeing how streetwear has evolved to rewrite the rules of fashion and impact culture across categories, I'm ready to reclaim ownership of the brand, build a team of visionary designers and global partners to write the next chapter of Sean John's legacy. I'm feeling that. I'm not going to lie. That statement got me a little hype because I'm like, all right, well, what y'all about to come with? Right. <laughs> because when you see the rise of certain brands like uh, Supreme or like uh, the Fear of God Essentials, things like that, you like Sean John could easily be that with a little bit more flair to it as well. Or even like um, the clothing, not the bags with Telfair, but the clothing aspect of Telfair, like they're really dope. Sometimes what they put a couple of things they put just put me in the mind of that old 90s hip-hop fashion sometimes so I feel like Sean John can easily re-emerge with amongst some of the brands that um put out streetwear clothing in 2021 so I'm really really curious to see what Diddy's gonna do with this what designers he's gonna bring on I kind of wish Virgil was still here because I feel like for the culture one time like he could design a, a, a piece or two or maybe there would have been a dope um room for collaboration there with Off-White, Sean John. Like, I could see Sean John doing collabs with other brands. That would be dope. Like, I can see Sean John just doing so much now that it's coming back for real, for real. Yeah, I think so, too. And it would have been nice to see Virgil uh, collab in this with this space. But um, it's dope that Diddy's going to have Sean John back, which is, you know, of course, clearly Black ran operations so for more black designers to get their foot in the door hopefully diddy is the one to put that out there just like he does with revolt giving people the opportunity hopefully with the clothing designers and graphic designers and models it all just comes back full fashion so i'm excited to see how this plays out yeah yeah no this is a dope look for diddy for sure now let's talk about jay-z man it's always a good day when we get to talk to hove now, I say we, meaning the culture. Like, I did not personally talk to him, but Rob Markman from Genius talked to him. So I feel like, you know, we talked to him. Okay. It's always great to hear an appearance from Jay Z. He hopped on Twitter Spaces last night, and this was in a special room for Alicia Keys' new album, Keys. So they were having like just a chat about the album. There was different key figures in there, just list, some listening, some speaking. And um, during this talk about Alicia Keys' album, none other than her um, old collaborator, Jay-Z, hopped in the room. And I thought this was so timely because I feel like for the past maybe month or so, like we have just been talking about Alicia Keys and Jay-Z in different ways. Uh, we referenced their 2009 performance where Little Mama hopped on the stage. Like, there's been new stories coming out about that. Alicia has been asked about it in several different interviews lately, so that's been re-emerging. Also, their song Empire State of Mind was uh, played in Jay-Z's Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Like, there's just been relinks of them lately that's been being brought up, so I thought seeing them together in the space was 
super dope. Jay-Z was there talking about the album, but he also uh, got into some, some versus talk while he was on there. Yeah, and another thing this year is that a lot of artists have um, said who they've wanted to go on a versus battle with, and Jay-Z's name gets brought up a bunch of times, of, or who they think that Jay-Z should battle in a versus battle. But Jay-Z cleared the air. He said, no one can stand on that stage with me. It's not a chance in hell that anyone can stand on that stage with me. You got to stand in front of the Grammy family freestyle live. Facts were spoken. Points were made. Like, I don't know who they, why they keep trying to put people on this stage with him. It's different, man. It's different. It's Mm -hmm. different. Jay-Z is not one of them. He trying to tell y'all. He trying to tell y'all. First of all, before any of this even happened, before Jay-Z even got on the stage, before anyone asked him about verses, we could already tell, like, he's not doing it. That's off right. rip. Like, it wasn't going to happen regardless. But some of the people that they just were naming or some of the people that wanted to go against him, it's just like, sorry, nah, like, you can't go against Hove. It's only a select few that you could even attempt. Maybe a Lil Wayne or a Kanye. But, I mean, the list is very, 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 very short. And even them, it looks like he feels like, no, no one can do it. Like, he also went on to say, um, let's let's move it along from verses. Like, after after he was like, you got to stand and hear Grammy freestyle, he was just like, so, yeah, let's, let's get off of that because there's no way anyone can do it. He essentially was like, all right, let's move it along here. Yeah, like, I don't got the time for no verses talk. Like, that's almost like it's beneath him, which it probably is. <laughs> I mean, I ain't want to say it, but you know, (laughs) but he did, he did give Jada kiss his props on Jada's versus battle. He said that was one of the best performances of the year and facts. Like that was really one of the most memorable moments of the year. 2021 is Jada kissing that versus battle. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I did like the fact that Jay-Z gave him his props on that. Um, They also just talked about a few different other things. Nori was in the convo at one point. He was just talking about the recent episode of Drink Champs that Alicia Keys did. And he said how Alicia just held her own. She held her liquor up there better than most guys. She didn't have a bunch of edits and things she wanted out of the interview. So Nori was just giving her big props on that. But while he was giving her her props, he basically shot his shot at Jay-Z for a Drink Champs interview And Jay-Z didn't really reply to it too much, but he also didn't say no. So I feel like there's hope on that part. So we may get a Jay-Z Drink Champs interview soon. The way Nori just like slid it in there, he was like, oh yeah, yeah, Hove. I don't know how we gonna get you on the show, but we gotta get you on there too. And then Hove sounded like he was trying to figure out a way to say no. Then Alicia Keys came in and saved him. And she was like, well, Hove can't out drink me. I know that for a fact. And then Hope was just like, nah, no, ma'am, I surely can't. So that kind of got him under the hot seat of answering whether or not he would do drink champs. But I think the fact that he didn't say no means that there might be a possibility. Yeah, Nori and uh, the whole drink champs, they're, they're getting everybody. Uh, Kanye, Big Sean, Alicia Keys, like all their interviews and clips go viral. They always drop, the artists on there always drop like big, shockers i feel like so it'd be kind of dope if jay-z got on there what he would drop or what he would say on the dream champs podcast i love it man but you know jay gonna be too cool man i'm nori gonna try to get him to take shots of do say he gonna be trying to take the shot sparingly watch what he say still be too cool and it's like nah we want to see you get hammered we want to see you get plastered and we want to hear you talk about all the classic hip-hop moments that you have provided to our lives Yes, exactly. 
I think if Nori get him to drink enough Duce and Ace of Spades, we may just find out what happened in that elevator. Maybe. Oh, see, now now we got to know. He got to go on there just for that alone. <laughs> Maybe. Hopefully, man. We shall see. I think Nori can get it done, man. If he keep putting in this work with these interviews, um, he's been giving amazing content. Drink Champs is an amazing show. So, yeah, maybe let's let's hope that by 2022 or 2023, Jay-Z on Drink Champs. We set it here on DX Daily. Yes, set it here first. That is the perfect note to end on today. We will be back on Monday, right? We're going on our halfway holiday break uh, the rest of this week, right? Yep, be back on Monday. Gotta take care of the Christmas and the holidays real quick. So yeah, Monday. Come on now. So make sure you head out to the malls and head out to... You, or do your, do some online shopping. You go ahead and get our gifts together, you know, for us providing you with this wonderful podcast <laughs> all year, this past year. And we will see you on Monday. Have a Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Um, yeah, all of those. So that's all the holidays, right? Yeah, you hit, you hit every one of them, yeah, this week. Okay, yeah. for sure. That is DX Daily today. Make sure you follow us on all platforms. We are everywhere on every streaming app. So hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button, and also subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is Hip Hop DX. And be sure to follow us on all of our socials, like our Instagram, our Twitter, and our TikTok, which is at Hip Hop DX. Yep, you can follow us too. I am at Asia Sky on all platforms. If you're wondering where you need to send that gift to, you know, just hit me on there. Right. And for my gift too, send it to everything at A-Dub, A-Y-E-E-E-D-U-B-B. All righty. We will see you on Monday with more daily news. See ya.